Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monique Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica Marquez, your host for today's episode. You hear it all the time from super successful people. Long before they were running multi-million dollar companies, they were strengthening their entrepreneurial muscle by selling lemonade on the corner, inventing the next big thing in their garage, or helping their parents or grandparents run the mom and pop family business after school. It seems that for most successful people, whether they're working for a company or running their own company, the entrepreneurial mindset sets them apart from the rest. Today, you'll meet Lauren Sweeney, founder and CEO of Dotted Line, who shares her own story of growing up in a family of small business owners and how developing her entrepreneurial mindset helped her succeed both in her corporate career and ultimately gave her the courage to follow her passion and start her own business. She started her company in 2014 with limited funds, but always knew she wanted to grow it bigger than herself. She also knew that she wanted to help other people. It started with helping small business owners, and that's where her desire to start Dotted Line came from. Today, Dotted Line is a multi-million dollar creative marketing company focused on helping businesses connect brands to people. Dotted Line has grown into a full-service agency serving over 50 clients at a national scale in financial services, healthcare, real estate and development, consumer goods and services, and health and beauty. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Lauren. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are so thrilled to have you on here and sharing your story. I know our listeners will certainly um, learn a lot from our conversation and just, you know, just the richness of your story. So, Without further ado, let's dive right in and tell us a little bit about who is Lauren, what is your story, and what have you learned so far along your journey? Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on your podcast and talking about this topic of breaking barriers. I um, am an entrepreneur and small business owner. I reside in Richmond, Virginia, and I started my career in the corporate world. I worked for a Fortune 100 company in a variety of roles, a little bit in jar, a little bit of operations, and then in the communication space. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I grew up in a family of small business, business owners. Mm-hmm. My grandfather and father both owned their own small businesses and really believed in the power that small business can hold, both in like creating jobs that would take care of other people's families, but also using like the talents and resources to have a positive impact on those that worked in the business as well as the local community. So for me, I really kind of grew up um, listening to this type of conversation. Um, and I think it had such a significant impact of why I wanted to go and eventually start my own small business. So um, today I'm the founder and CEO of a full service creative marketing company. We have a 25 person team um, with a roster of national growing middle market companies as clients. Um, And what we do, we believe that our role is to help these companies develop a really strong, clear brand and effective marketing strategies that'll grow their business. So that's a little bit about what I do today. I'm also a mom. I have a stepson um, who is 18 years old and very, very tall. And then on the opposite (laughs) end, I have a a daughter who's 18 months old. Oh, wow. Uh, 
And so we have a very full um, life at home, but yes. Fantastic. Well, you know, I want to dig in a little bit where, you know, you started off in corporate and started following the that um, career path within corporate. And then you like you said, you decided to change lanes and switch and go into entrepreneurship, which is um, I've learned in the past year and a half, two years is a, is a huge shift, right? Um, how did you, you know, how did you decide to do that? How did you kind of balance or, you know, just the whole risk reward? Um, because it is a risky decision. So how did, how did you make decisions, uh, that decision to do that? And then how do you, you know, make decisions for big, big kind of risky things like this um, now? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So um, I started just for a little bit of context for the audience. I started dotted line um, when I was in my 20s. So young and and now I'm in my early 30s. And I started it by myself with uh, limited funds. But I always have had this desire to want to grow something bigger than myself. So I, I knew that kind of from the outset. But I also knew I wanted to be able to help other people. And so for us, it started with helping small business owners, which I'll talk a little bit about. Um, but I think part of it is, like I had mentioned before, I'd grown up in this environment of talking about the power of small business, but I also um, had, I think, an entrepreneurial spirit. And and that's much of where um, my desire to want to start Dotted Line came from. So um, today, you know, we have a a multi-million dollar business that has kind of grown out of the same intention and heart from the start, but it's certainly evolved. So you're right. What... um, was my decision-making process when I first started Data Line is very bit different than where it is based on uh, the stage the company is in. Um, but it's it's you know constantly thinking about what um, what are what are my goals and how does that connect to purpose, um, which we can talk a little bit about and and thinking through um, to your point the risk and rewards along the way. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about. Um making those kinds of decisions, right? You did grow up around, you said, you know, a family or a circle where small business was um, something that you were familiar with. But still, you know, I think once you start wanting to go down that path, there's limiting beliefs or fears of, you know, whether they're failure or whatever. Did you struggle with any of those? And how did you get past them? Yeah, so it's great that you asked that because I would actually, um, I would agree. I mean, that's the number one lesson I've learned in entrepreneurship is um, really thinking about how to reframe the definition of failure, right? Mm -hmm. I think um, when I first started the business, I was so, I was so afraid um, that I would fail or that I would be seen as a failure and particularly coming from like a corporate environment. It was just um, such a a different type of path and, it, it was hard for people to, to necessarily understand, but the reality is, and what I've come to terms with is that I fail every week, if not every day. And so <laughs> I found that, and that's been a key component along my journey with Dotted Line is that I found so many people are um, just don't set their goals high enough. And I don't know if that's just a fear-based thing or they just um, don't make the space to really think about what they want to achieve and dream big. Mm-hmm. Um but for me, what I've what I've come to understand is that when you can change your mindset, embrace that, yes, yes, failure is going to happen, and that's part of the journey. It sort of gives you this freedom and the space to think and dream big, mm-hmm. because you realize that you can achieve anything that you that you want to do. I love um, a mentor, uh, not a personal mentor, but someone that I look up to yeah. um, is the founder of, of Spank, Sarah Blakely. You might know her; she's a very yeah. famous mm-hmm. self made billionaire, and so she shares that um, growing up her 
father used to ask her and her siblings around the dinner table to share, you know, one way that they failed um, in their day as a way to kind of start to reframe the way they view failure. And so if they didn't try something new or try and achieve something big and, and had some type of learning from that, he was disappointed by them. And it, so it's something that I've loved her story. We do that, my husband and I, with our kids at home now, because I do think so much of finding passion and purpose in life is realizing your dreams, but also having the the space and freedom to to know that you can try things and and that's okay if if you fail. However, we define failure. I love that. No, and I do love the idea of um, making it normal, right? Making it Mm -hmm. a new normal of like, how did you fail today? And what did you learn from it? And the key is what's the learning uh, Mm -hmm. from it? And always knowing that, you know, especially in this age of just disruption of digital disruption and everything, like you have to be a continuous learner um, Mm -hmm. in order to do that. So I I definitely love that. Um, And I do remember her sharing that story and I thought that it was brilliant. So you mentioned a little, uh, you you kind of mentioned the fact of identifying your you know your purpose, your passion, and your path. What helped you gain clarity um, to really identify what your strengths were and you know your path? And you took that entrepreneurial leap, but you knew what you wanted to do and mm-hmm. focus on. How did you hone mm-hmm. in on that? Yeah. Um, so that great question, you know, and it's funny because when I was reflecting about um, that question and, and our conversation today, you know, my grandmother used to always say, you have to know who you are, what you believe and where you're headed. And we used to joke about that when I was growing up, but I just think there's so much power in that statement. Yeah. And it's been something that um, has really served me well, right? That level of intention as I think about who who am I and like, what is this greater purpose that I'm meant to serve, whether with dotted line or whatever that looks like on my career path. So mm-hmm. I think for me, um, there's kind of been two major kind of takeaways in that, in that space. One is um, I've always tried to think about kind of and visualize like what are the major goals or dreams that I have for my life? I'm a big believer in creating the life you want to live. Mm-hmm. And I think you can almost visualize and like manifest what you want to achieve. And so as you kind of reflect on what that is and you start to spend time thinking about it or journaling and just kind of visualizing that, whether it's starting your own business or achieving you know, a big client or a revenue number, you start to kind of play those things out in mm-hmm. your mind and eventually start to figure out a way to achieve those. So I do think that's been a big piece that I've learned along the way of, mm-hmm. you know, once you feel free enough to open up your mind, you can really start to dream big and almost manifest like what you want to have yeah. happen uh-huh. um, along the way. So, so that's a big, a big piece. And I would say second to that is, you know, just being really careful about who I surround myself with. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been a technique in terms of just learning to overcome kind of the fear of failure, you know, a new idea or, um, or approach to something can be such a a fragile thing. Mm -hmm. And so when you're surrounding yourself with people, maybe um, a little bit negative or have a scarcity type of mindset, um, it can really start to impact the way you think about yourself and and your ideas. And so I've always tried to be really careful about just who I spend time with um, or who I seek to, to get input on ideas, because I do think that can really help kind of you know, impact you positive or negatively on, on your path to whatever type of goal that you might achieve. 
That's fantastic. And what I what I've heard you really hone in on or touch on a little bit is the importance of you, like you said, reaching out to certain people and surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, and we talk about this all the time within Beyond Barriers and with our clients and with a lot of the um, cohorts that we lead in how important community is, but not just by, you know, just surrounding you and having support, but actually leveraging that network and asking them for advice or asking them for help. And a lot of the trends or sometimes the the overarching feedback we hear is that women don't like to ask. They're afraid to mm-hmm. ask. Um, how have you gotten past that in terms of, you know, asking your network, asking your community, I mean, your community to, to help you and give you advice and make decisions? Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, that's maybe something that I've never really struggled with. And I I've learned that watching other successful entrepreneurs, if there's someone that I feel like I want to learn from or could teach me something that would help me get to the next level, I'm almost fearless in going after that person in pursuit (laughs) of them. Um, I found that most times if you have a good pitch, people will give you 15 minutes Mm -hmm. of their time. Um, I'll use an example. When I first started my business, there was a very successful female CEO in the advertising community here. I didn't know her. I'd read about her in the paper mm-hmm. and I just cold called. I just called her up and, and asked, would you give me 15 <laughs> minutes of your time so that I could learn, you know, whatever that is, X, Y, or Z. And so I think you see that with people that are, you know, highly successful or breaking barriers as they're they're fearful, um, fearless is what I meant to say in mm-hmm. pursuing people that they can learn from. Um, and that's so important. Um, and and the, you know, the reality is I've learned with my business is that um, I'm not doing anything that is really completely novel or that no one else has done before, right? If we want to mm-hmm. get to a certain revenue number, start to build out some type of new capability or enter the market with a new product or service, there's so many different people I can learn from along that path to help us get there. And I think that's been hugely beneficial as we've been trying to grow the company um, in the past six years. I think that's sage advice in you saying, you know, you were just yourself fearless and just reaching Mm -hmm. out and and saying, hey, I would love to learn from you. But I think the important thing is to to kind of point out is that it is that simple, just reaching out to them. But the key Mm -hmm. is knowing what you're asking for, right? And so you mentioned as long as you have a good pitch, you could get 15 minutes from them. So Break down just, you know, in it, putting you in the hot seat right now, but mm-hmm. break down a little bit of like, what is that pitch? Like, it, and it's something simple, but what is that pitch? If you were to reach out and send an email to somebody, what would be those two lines or something that you would say? Yeah. And, and you're right. You've got to be really crisp because people's time is valuable. Um, and a lot of people, and a lot of people ask me for my time, but they don't always um, have thought through like exactly what they want to take mm. away from the conversation. So. Right. What I would try and do right from the outset is have kind of one or two sentences that are like very specific of what I'm looking for their help with or some type of like piece of advice. I've clearly done my homework by, you know, looking them up on the internet, making sure I have a clear idea of like what type of advice they could give and making Mm -hmm. sure that it's very um, distinct and direct when I reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Um, A little bit different than I know use the word pitch than sometimes we do from like a a sales or influencing type of perspective. A lot of times I'll try and position of like what's in it for them. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I think when people are, I think, I think most people are open to giving their time. They just want to know, is this valuable? And like, what are you going to do with it? Right. And so um, I think not just listening and asking for people's advice, but actually showing that you're going to go and do something with it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'll try and come back and, and share with them like, 
exactly what I did and what the outcome was. And I've found that to be um, really key in asking people for, for more of their time. That's fantastic. And it's so important. And I love what you said about coming back and letting them know, this is how your advice helped me, or this is how you helped me. So they get a little bit of ROI on the time mm-hmm. that they put into you. They mm-hmm. see that, you know, it actually, um, you know, resulted in some positive outcome. I think that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me a little bit about, and, and this is probably down your alley in terms of, you know, what you do to help your clients, but what about the importance nowadays, just given the digital presence and things like that of, of women um, in the workplace, it's a competitive work environment. Um, what would you say around personal brand and reputation and, and how you're presenting your story? Yeah, so... Um you know, digital adds a whole new layer of complexity when you think about how to create this personal brand. And I think sometimes, and maybe specifically, depending on the gender, it could be a little bit harder for people to put themselves out there than others. But um, I would encourage anyone, whether it be someone um, in our network or one of our clients to think about it, you know, the way that they would be marketing themselves like as a product, right? So making sure that you have um, the sort of brand story that you feel like is is clear and um, effective of of whatever message you're trying to put out there Mm -hmm. and that you're thinking about how you can creatively differentiate yourselves, whether you are posting on LinkedIn or you're just trying to, you know, show up well in an executive level meeting, you know, whatever that that channel might be that we talk about within marketing. Um, I think so many of those people really translate. It just, it was interesting. I think digital just provides a new space for us to play in terms of creating a personal brand. It's almost an opportunity that women, I feel like, didn't have before mm-hmm. um, social media became so popular. So it, I think it could be a real asset if people think about it as just a, an extension of what they're already doing in their day-to-day conversations. I love that. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future-ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. Now, I want to go back and touch um, a little on, you mentioned twice about dreaming big and how sometimes people don't dream big enough. Um, And I think, you know, it kind of falls in line with people setting goals and then executing on those goals. And research shows, right, that, you know, every New Year's people, you know, everybody sets this New Year resolution. And of those, really, at the end of the day, an astounding 92% don't meet those goals because they fall to the wayside. What, What advice do you give on, you know, just that overall like effective execution and dreaming big and putting putting the big dream out there and then going you know executing on that what what would mm-hmm. your advice be to tell people to encourage them to dream big 
Yeah. So I'm a big believer in just making sure that you have the time and space to dream big, because I think when you get caught up in the day-to-day activities, it's, it just becomes so tactical and the, and the day starts to almost run you before you can run the day that um, it's hard to set intention if you're not actually creating the, the space and the margin in your life to dream big. Mm-hmm. So um, I, and I believe that that is both like on a daily basis. So something that I try and do is spend 15, 30 minutes really um, setting intention and mindset for the day, but also making sure I'm creating space on a monthly, quarterly basis, whatever that ongoing routine is to, to dream a little bit big. And it's hard. You need more than an hour or two. So I will often take a couple of days every quarter um, and just go away actually by myself. We call it like Lauren's little retreat and just spend <laughs> I'm just really um, thinking and journaling, reflecting, um, seeking inspiration from different different resources, and you you need that time to sort of fill up um, the inner the innermost parts of of me as Lauren Sweeney, right. and um, and kind of give myself that uh, that freedom to to dream big, and the dreams you know evolve and change, and I find that every year I'm dreaming a little bit bigger than I did before, but I think that's the goal, right? You want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you want your dreams to scare you a little bit. So once you kind of reach a certain goal or you figure something out, you want to make sure that you're thinking so much bigger than just, you know, the couple of years down the road. So I love that. I think that's a really big part of um, starting the process and making sure that you're creating that life that, that is purposeful and fulfilling. Yeah. And I love that you are, you've made it a habit, right? You made it a Mm -hmm. habit that every quarter you really carve out that time for yourself and you gift yourself that time to really dream big and put those big things out there, but then being able to break it down into little chunks of Mm -hmm. this is how I'm going to execute on those things, but it's all aligning to that North star, that big dream that you set for yourself. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about, um, you, we talked a, a bit about, you know, overcoming failures and setbacks, um, but you, could you share with me maybe um, some sort of uh, change or habit that you instituted based on a failure or something that, you know, you, you came across and now these habits really help you in your success? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I'm, so I'll give you an example too of how we've had some big failures. I feel like every time we feel big, we learn something new and then it becomes some type of like some process or best practice that right. goes into the company. But what we learn from that is like, one is like, we are, we are tougher and stronger than we think, but, and we can do more and give more than we realize. But for us to sustain um, kind of the level of momentum, it helps us think about how we create kind of, like I said, systems and habits and, in, in our own, um, inner workings with our team. So that's a little bit of what we found just from like our own small business and being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, we've certainly had some failures around hires over the years. I remember early on um, when I had just started the business, we had, I had made a hire for a very senior level position. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is hard because when you're starting a business, you want to make sure you have the right level of talent, but it's also making sure that it's sustainable from the company standpoint. So we had really stretched ourselves to hire um 
this a big time chief creative officer, which was a big deal for us. And um, ultimately, it it was not really the right spot for where the business was. I, I made some personal like leadership mistakes along the way, and, and mm-hmm. just learned a lot about hiring through that process. Um, it didn't work out, but we have learned so much from that around what is our like talent strategy? Strategy? How do we build recruiting? How do we do onboarding? Like, what does this look like? Making sure we have really clear um, visions and steps around a long-term plan for the company. So, you know, so many of those things, like I I was so afraid at the time and, you know, it didn't work out, but we've learned so much. And now I'm like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? So you just, you just, you, you just figure it out. And like I said, I think you, you, um, or at least I found for myself, I've found that I've just a a little bit tougher and have more to give than I ever thought I realized um, at every step along the way. Yeah, we're so much more resilient than than we know. Mm-hmm. And we tend to always rise to the occasion. So we may think that, you know, it's a huge mountain to climb. But once you're at the top, you realize, okay, it was tough, but it wasn't as big as I thought it was. I think that mm-hmm. is fantastic. Tell me a little bit about um, the day in the life of Lauren. Like you have been successful in your own right and in making these changes. And, you know, you're, you are running a multi-million dollar company, uh, a women, a female owned company, which is, you know, against all odds, right? Um, what makes you successful? What are your daily habits? What are the things that like help you keep moving forward? Yeah. Um, So first off, I always try and start by getting up early and and exercising. I found that the exercise helps me um, manage stress and just keep a balanced perspective throughout the day. So that's, that's been something that, and and it's actually been, I've always had that realization, but during COVID, I really leaned into exercise and personal wellness. And I think it's Mm -hmm. been um, helped us be resilient this year. So that's, so that's a number one, Um, you know, and I think about my time throughout the day as um, how I can maximize what what I and only I can do as Lauren Sweeney. So um, like I said, I have an 18-month-old daughter at home and um, because I'm uh, working most of the time and often nights and weekends sometimes try to really protect the time I have with her. Mm-hmm. So um, my husband has his own small business too. So we actually have um, an interesting dynamic having two entrepreneurs <laughs> in the family. So we have, we have some really clear parameters as a family um, and boundaries around spending time with the family. So mm-hmm. um, in the mornings, I I always um, spend an hour with her in the morning and, and an hour at night. And we schedule all of our work meetings around that because um, for those that have children know that time is precious and limited. And so we try to really protect that. Um, and then from there, I usually start the day early. And um, like I said, I'm a big believer in setting intent for the day. So spending 20, 30 minutes um, thinking about, and I actually use a journal. It's a high performance uh journal that has questions around like, what is the message you are giving yourself today? How do you best want to show up with the team? What's one way you want to give appreciation to team members? It kind of is a set of questions that helps me kind of orient and think about like, what is most important in the day ahead? So those are the couple of habits that I do in the morning. And I find if I do those things like the exercise, family time, and then some time around like setting intention Mm -hmm. and meditation, the rest of the day is just is set up for success. And so- (laughs) 
always think about, um, you know, for me too, being a small business owner, I have um, so many different categories of my time that I have to, to spend. So I try to like block those into major chunks. So, you know, Mondays might be big blocks of like client time and planning time. And, you know, Tuesday, Thursdays, I spend on like our marketing and new business. And, you know, Wednesdays, I work with one of our top clients. So I, I think about it in that way with my schedule. It helps me um, dig deep. And that's something I've learned first from some other entrepreneurs as well. Um, so that way you're not so scatterbrained all the time. Sometimes it can be very easy where you go from like one meeting to the next, where, you know, one meeting you're talking to a lawyer and the next meeting you're talking to a client, the next meeting you're doing this. And so trying to think about how do I um, create these blocks of time and to really go deep and have like more impact. And like I said, I, I try to only do the things that like truly I can do as mm-hmm. founder and CEO and delegate the rest. So um, it's definitely a time balancing like juggle that you have to do. Um, but I've just found it has been critical as we try and grow the business and make sure that I think my mindset stays right. Because for me, as the leader of the organization, I believe I'm like the, the lid on the organization. So mm-hmm. I have to be constantly growing and um, making sure I'm creating space and taking care of myself along the way. I love that. And you mentioned you have to constantly be growing so that you can kind of lead by example. But the other piece is you made a really important comment where you said you ha- you identify what Lauren can do and you delegate the rest. And I think that is one of the hardest things to do because sometimes um, whether you're fighting perfectionism or fighting this idea that you're going to be more efficient if you just do it yourself, um, how do you make those decisions to delegate? Um, You know, how do you weigh the, you know, can Lauren do this or should I be delegating it? What is your, what is your barometer there? How do you check yourself? Yeah. uh, And you're right. I find that perfection and growth don't really work out well together. <laughs> it's hard to have perfection and growth um, at the same time. And so, you know, I think about if there's something that um, someone else can do that's, you know, 70 to 80% at the level that I would do it, it's, it's the right thing to delegate. Um, because like I said, there's some things that I and only I can do. And those are the things that are most critical to growing like the organization. And that's really, that's our goal at this point is growth. So that's what orients all of my decision-making process when it comes to my own time management. Um, But it can be hard. I do think there's also a difference between perfection and excellence. So we want to do amazing work for our clients. And we set that expectation with our teams. We build systems to support that work. Um, But that's a little bit different than I think perfection. So for us, we have very much a like, like, let's, let's make it excellent and make it better um, each time we put it out there, but it's, it's not going to be perfect necessarily. 70 to 80%. I think that is crucial because I think a lot of the times when we're like, oh, I don't want to hand it off because it's not going to be done perfect or mm-hmm. the way I would do it. But if someone would get it 70 to 80%, that's good enough. I love that because that that then says, okay, it hits the mark. I'm going to delegate it out because then you yourself can be more efficient. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you're right. There's things, you know, the things that I find that are most critical are, you know, setting long-term vision and company-wide communications, culture, like those things only I can do. And so I, you have to have time and space to do that. And so if I'm mm-hmm. picking a client dashboard, because um, I think it's, you know, 
I can take it from 95 to 100% perfect, I'm taking away an hour or two that I could have significant impact across across a greater dimension of the company. And so um, it is it is challenging to think about, but I think it's necessary in order to achieve like what we believe we want to achieve with our team. Mm. And in closing, we love to ask this of all, all of our guests. Um, you know, you you've built a really strong team, um, and in your industry, things are constantly changing. There's the whole digital disruption with technology changing the way that we do business. Um, and we particularly focus a lot on helping women accelerate their success. What's some advice you would leave our listeners with in terms of you know? What are the things that they need to focus on to continue accelerating their success in a changing environment constantly? Yeah, so I would say um, just you know to honestly, you're right, the world is going to change, but just be true to who you're who you are and and go after those goals and dreams. I think if that's anything I would want to take away when people hear like my story or talk to me is that if I can do it, like you can do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the business we've created. I think entrepreneurship is a, is a terrific career path for those that are interested. It's not for everyone, but whatever that goal is, I think anyone can achieve that. And I really believe that. And I, it's something that I, we talk a lot with our team. And so we just encourage anyone to, to go after those dreams that they have. Fantastic. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for spending the time and sharing your story and your sage advice in, you know, being successful. And I love your daily habits. And I, um, you know, I'm one who struggles with delegating. So I'm going to, I'm going to adopt your 70% rule and start kind of handing things off. So again, thank you for your time. And um, I know our listeners are going to want to connect with you, um, get, you know, get to know you a little more. So what's the best way for them to stay in contact with you. Yeah. So our company website is um, www.dottedline.agency, or you can just Google dottedline.agency. And that is our, our company. I would love to connect with anyone that would want to. And I'm happy to also share, share my email as well. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you, Lauren. And you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there. And we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.